You are listening to the Two and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Two and Out CFL Podcast. It is Travis Curra and Sheldon Jones. Take three of uh, this episode <laughs> of, of the show. What happened is uh, the first time uh, we started doing a show, uh, I didn't hit record. And then uh, the second time I hit record, but I didn't turn your mic on. So, uh, Sheldon, let, let's see if your mic is on uh, this time. That was some of my best work, man. There you go. There you go. Your mic's some on. Some of my so. best work. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, they don't know. They they don't know. You don't have to say that. It was definitely no, I'm better, saying, better. I'm saying sorry that they have to hear me. Like oh, that's what I'm apologizing. Oh. <laughs> it was better than your, than your Green Bay Packers over the weekend. Do you want to go over that? Yeah, yeah. They should have won. They didn't. <laughs> the future looks good. Let's go. There we go. There we go. The biggest news <laughs> over the weekend has to be Taylor Swift's honor of meeting two-time Grey Cup champion, two-time MOP, Zach Kalaris. How about that, man? Yeah, she was very lucky to be in his presence. He's a very nice man. I uh, I got to meet him before Taylor, so that means I'm more important to him than Taylor is. So. But who cares? Who cares about Taylor Swift? We care about Jason Kelsey. I just I want, love that man. I want Zach to get T Swizzle for the Grey Cup halftime show. I want Zach to get Jason Kelsey for the halftime show. <laughs> Crushing beers, tarps off. Let's go. <laughs> I, I before I went into a, like a big thing about a man crush on Jason Kelsey, I'm not going to do that. You I'm didn't want to do that again? Why not? No, no, but I I love him. I love him deeply. I can tell. You kind of I'm picturing you as him because you kind of do look like him. <laughs> I'm just picturing in my mind that I'm on a I'm on Travis and Jason right I'm now. A, I'm a bit hairier. They get more listeners too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and more Maybe money. someday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There was some pretty sad news out of uh, Calgary this week. Uh, Stampeders legend Bruce Coverington, um, offensive lineman, passed away at 57 years old. All of his teammates, uh, the organization, so many good words uh, said about him out of Calgary and... Uh, at such a young age, it is sad to see. So we're we're sending our condolences to his family and the Stampeder organization. And uh, as we remain, I guess, off the field with the Stampeders, there was some big news this week as John Huffnagel has stepped down as president of the club. He's going to remain with the Stamps in an advisory role uh, to, to Dave Dickinson. So his presence will still be felt at McMahon Stadium, but Jay McNeil is now going to be the president of the club. And I guess the whole uh, intention when he came back to the team in 2022, he was drafted there in 94, which I think is a cool story. 30 years later, he's now the president of uh, the Calgary Stampeders. And I saw this on X as well saying that uh, maybe it is good to have a non-football guy 
or non-football ops guy, I should say, in the role of president, um, more of the business side of things in the president's side of the thing thing and I actually think that's probably a pretty good point uh, to have there more business than uh, you know the football ops stuff uh, yeah I, I think it's good to have a former player as a president though just because look at what happened look at what's happening in Saskatchewan there's not a lot of people who are, are happy with the president but he's he's been very good at making sure that they're profitable and making money and all that stuff. So it's kind of a two way street there, but um, this is just like a soft reset for Huffnagel or soft retirement. I mean, Uh, it's just, he's going to be able to spend some time with his family and then come to game day, sit in the head, sit in the booth with the headset on and still tell Dickinson what he sees. (laughs) So uh, I think that's good for Dave to still have that, that football mind around him. Um, But yeah, this is just a nice succession plan for, for Calgary and a little bit of stability to kind of help with the transition. If we go on the field for the Stampeders, they've made several um, extensions here to some key players, including Reggie Bagleton, who was their leading receiver last year, uh, a key veteran on the field, off the field. He's so great in the community, the big big receiver to a physical presence, uh, a guy that DBs probably don't want to meet uh, down the middle of the field many, many times. Uh, he'll be helped out. Hopefully Malik Henry can get back onto the field for the Stampeders in uh, 2024, uh, early on in the season, and that receiving core will help out Jake Mayer for sure. Cam Judge has been extended, the Canadian linebacker, defensive end Julian Hauser, and also fullback William Longley. Interestingly, Adam Konar is going to stay in Alberta. Uh, the Canadian linebacker released by the Elks is now a Stampeder. You would assume that gives them some pretty good depth. Canadian linebackers with Cam Judge being the starter there. Uh, we've seen times this year the guy can deliver some punishing hits. Konar the Barbarian, I think he can make some things happen in Calgary. And we've seen the factory of linebackers that have had success in that uh, defense. Eh, this might yeah. be a good move for his career, man. Oh, absolutely. He'll be a beast on special teams. And then, yeah, he'll be probably Cam Judge's backup uh, just in case something happens there. But it, it's it's kind of like a 1A, 1B situation with there because he's he has a pedigree. He's, like you said, monster out there. So hopefully it works out for the Stamps. And we go to the West Coast where the BC Lions, well, I guess we'll talk about who's staying with them first. They've extended Keon Hatcher, who is probably going to be, well, will be their leader uh, in that receiving core next year. But Alexander Hollins has the ability to make plays as well. He made several deep catches in 2023 we're probably going to see a lot more of that in 2024 and also Canadian receiver Javon Katoy I gotta think he's going to be seeing the ball even more in 2024 he is a big bodied receiver that some of these DBs they would probably rather move out of his way than try to make the tackle on Katoy but Dominic Rimes no longer going to be on the west coast catching touchdowns from Vernon Adams Jr. 
Um, they wanted, they approached to uh, restructure that deal. Wasn't going to happen, so they let him go. Lucky Whitehead, he's up for free agency uh, next month as well, so it'll be interesting to see if the Lions can lock him down. Otherwise, pretty quiet in Vancouver in a Grey Cup hosting year. I think they've probably only got a few pieces that they want to correct going into the year. They want a better running game. <laughs> they want that going uh, when it comes to uh, that offense to only help out VA and and the receivers yeah. there. But uh, that's pretty good. Like I don't think you want to be in a position where you go all in in a Grey Cup hosting year because maybe what happened to Hamilton happens to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Or what happens to Saskatchewan happens to you. Yeah. The, the One first year the, and 15 like years of fu- yeah. futility. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about, uh, about last season. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I... When you're the when you have the caliber of players of Keon Hatcher, Alexander Hollins, and Javon Katoy, you can pretty much afford to lose a Dom Rhymes. Um, it's it's not going to be easy to replace like his his playmaking ability. However, he was been commanding a good salary, and so now they save that money. Um, maybe they can put so, some of it towards Lucky Whitehead, but I think Lucky Whitehead is going to be needing to show what he's got. I don't think he's had the couple of seasons that he was used to. And, and, and I think we're kind of seeing a little bit of a market reset when it comes to contracts all over. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if, if he can, if they can lock him in there. Cause he just hasn't been the same as he was when he was with Winnipeg. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But like you said, they, they only have a few pieces that they need to get because they were right in there with Winnipeg, right? So It has been restructure season in the CFL. It seems like pretty much every quarterback has been restructured. Even Kenny the King Lawler in Winnipeg has been restructured as the receiver there. So teams juggling and trying to make the most of that salary cap space, trying to optimize that going into 24. But back to Dom Rimes, where he wasn't on the market for very long. He's back to where his CFL career started in Ottawa. He had some good times starting in Ottawa. And he went to BC and became a star. Now he's back. How do the Red Blacks get him the ball on a consistent basis? I think that is the thing when it comes to any receiver in that offense. They did okay with uh, Jalen Acklin in 2023. 2024 was a bit of a different story. Weren't able to really get him going consistently throughout the year. Now they got more mouths to feed. Uh, Dominic Rimes is going to want that food. He's going to want to be fed those touchdown passes. Now, how do they do it? They've restructured Jeremiah Masoli, but they've also acquired Drew Brown's rights from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for a draft pick. It's been said that Drew Brown is in Ottawa this week as we are recording. So they're probably going to get this deal done by the time free agency opens. Don't have to worry about making the trade and then not signing the guy. Um, Drew Brown has shown flashes in that Winnipeg offense. He (laughs) made things happen. Uh, It was a game in Edmonton when uh, Zach ended up getting hurt. On a bogus 
hit. According to him, he was very, very upset about that one. But Drew Brown came in and won that game. That's Winnipeg. Can he do it in Ottawa? They, 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 I feel like they can have a consistent running game with Devontae Williams. They do have veterans on that offensive line. Now they've got someone like Dominic Rimes. But the question is, is Drew going to start right off the bat? Or is it just going to be a wide open competition in training camp, Sheldon? I don't know. When it, you have you have four quarterbacks now in there, and if if you weren't going to play Jeremiah Masoli, why would you restructure a deal with him and not just cut him? And you also have Dustin Crum, who you know played pretty remarkable last season, and you have Tyree Adams as well. So. Like, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen, it kind of seems there. So, but this is a make-or-break year for Ottawa. So they need to find out the number one guy, and they need to – it needs to be a wide-open – a wide-open competition in training camp because Brown hasn't really – hasn't really shown that he can do it over a certain amount of time. Like, are we going to get a – a James Franklin situation with him or a Nick Arbuckle situation. Like, you know what I mean? The, the next big backup that goes and just doesn't really go. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Ottawa fans are, they're hurting. They need some (laughs) wins. They need some wins at home and they need a quarterback who can do that for them. So I'm hoping that they can make it work here. Yeah, general manager Sean Burke, probably on the hot seat a little bit, wants to see these moves pay off, of course. They've uh, extended uh, four key players on defense and special teams, including original Red Black Nigel Romick, which I I love, one of the original members of that franchise, and then 3D lineman in Michael Wakefield, 2022 most outstanding defensive player Lorenzo Malden the fourth slowed down when it came to sacks in 2023, but Bryce Carter was able to benefit from that and probably O lines looking Malden's way. And Carter got 12 sacks in 2023, a quiet 12 sacks. But now that he's extended for a year in Ottawa, everybody's going to know his name, especially if he has a repeat performance in 2024. Let's go to the middle of the country, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, where it's been said that they're going to be getting new turf in 2024. And Sheldon, you had some pretty cool insight here, and I've heard it out of Calgary. There was a lot of non-contact injuries in McMahon Stadium. The Stamps were dealing with this year. That might be due to some aging turf Maybe some other teams are going to be getting a new surface to play on in the near future, like Winnipeg is. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I know in Regina, when when we got the new stadium, I was told that the the, the turf needed to be replaced every five years. That's just that's the lifespan of whatever brand of turf that they got nowadays. And now, two years in a row, they did something really cool, which I thought was awesome, and they made Iceville, which was a giant skating rink in the wintertime. And now it seems that that has wrecked the turf. Uh, so that's not great. <laughs> That'll do it. But, yeah, but you saw, like, when when they started working out after this, the lost 
COVID season, there was three Achilles injuries in one one practice on on that turf. So I I think that if if the league is serious about player safety, that this needs to be happening in more stadiums and maybe it's some sort of mandate where you have to have up to date current turf or there's a certain amount of time in between when turf has to be something like that. Like, like you can't walk a big talk saying we care about player safety when it's just quarterbacks getting hit. You need to, you need to be dealing with player safety about everything. And IG fields is no more. It's going to be known as Princess Auto Stadium. They have inked a 10-year deal for the naming rights to that stadium. Hey, it's a uh, uh, Winnipeg-owned business and chain. Uh, I've got a Princess Auto here in Red Deer as well. So that's uh, good for them to have their name on the studio or the stadium. I, I do wonder, you know, you know there's going to be a nickname coming out of there soon (laughs) i don't know if it's gonna be positive or not but that'll be a nickname well sorry to make you do some work here but i call princess uh princess auto princess so (laughs) that's if if and and i'm not the only person here when because like let's let's face it in canada we have an amazing you know tool and anything you want story called canadian tire in my opinion, Princess Auto is like a Dollarama Canadian Tire. Wow, that's that's my opinion. And leave it up to the hey, you get some good deals at uh, Dollarama, but leave it up to the Regina no, I know. guy I, to call the stadium a Dollarama Mosaic Stadium, right? <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. I'm saying that that in when it comes to stores, there's Canadian Tire and there's Princess Auto. It's like the Dollarama version of Canadian Tire. However, <laughs> with all the with all the stadium issues that Winnipeg has had since it was built, I guess it makes sense. Maybe maybe instead of Mosaic Stadium, it could be called Canadian Tire Stadium. Look, you made my earbud fall out, but uh, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> We've lost out now on Dollarama or Princess Auto as possible to and out sponsors uh, going yeah. forward. So, hey, listen, there's we we don't worry about that. We we can get some good sponsors here. All right, all right, thanks. No, man. but but seriously, like uh, it's good. Anytime, joking aside, anytime a a, a team is going to get money for naming rights. It's a good thing for that team. So it doesn't matter what you call it. I know like in, if we're, we're talking uh, like basketball where there was the maxi pad stadium, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter if, if a, if a team or if a company is going to pay you, as long as that company is not, you know, hey. like, we're not going to see any. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to see a stadium, but, but if you know, you never know if they put enough money, maybe there would like I wouldn't put it past like a stadium. <laughs> stadium. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, but good for them. The little princess stadium. Maybe they'll put some pink in there. It'll be good. I'd love that. I would love that. Have Barbie yeah. night and everything. Um, I'm here for it. Great that movie. would be Knuff. Hey, that would be Knuff. Chris Shreveler basically pulled off the Ken look with the fur jacket kind of thing. And 
he's possibly eyeing a return to the CFL and it might be in Winnipeg. I don't know how. I don't know how. When you go down to the NFL, and I'm pretty sure he's pensionable in the NFL now, I think. I think he reached... I could be wrong, but... Well, if he's got that pension, he'll take a discount to stay in Winnipeg, right? Yeah, but (laughs) but if you're you're paying Zach 600 right now, I believe, like... Strevler's not coming here for less than two hundred, like and and you can't put eight hundred thousand dollars in the quarterback room. Like I'm sorry, like Strevler, Strevler, if he came back, he's he's the guy who should be going to a team that's looking for a starter. Not, and I'm not saying that Chris Strevler should be a starter, but you never know what happens. He's he's a he's a tool player, right? But he has that NFL. I'd agree with him now and he's going to want to get paid. So unless, unless he just really wants to have fun and be like the backup on blue mountain state and just party all the time, then maybe, but I just don't see it. Well, like I said in the group chat, if Oliveira leaves the bombers, then they can just slot in Chris Strebler as their running back. True. And then if Sean leaves too, then there's money. There's two. Cause Shone could, you know, take a trip down the west on number one. <laughs> All the way to the west could. coast? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just a short, short little five-hour drive. Because there's Regina, Calgary, and Vancouver all along that route. <laughs> yes, sir. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> now let's talk about, I guess, some of the players that are going to be still playing on that new turf in Winnipeg, uh, Drew Wolitarski and uh, actually Stanley Bryant has re-upped for one more year. I was pretty surprised by that move. I'm very surprised by that move. I hope, I hope it works out for him. Yeah, nobody wants to leave the game you love with a sour taste in your mouth like that Grey Cup loss uh, against the Montreal Alouettes in the fall looking maybe to get back to the dance one more time and finish on top. We did talk about Schoen and Oliveira, and uh, I guess right now they're still focused on maybe their NFL workouts and maybe some opportunities down there. I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's starting to look like these guys might end up as free agents. I That would be big losses for that bomber team yeah I'm, I'm not surprised about Sean, but I am surprised about Oliveira because I think as a Canadian you have enough a hard enough time getting into the NFL but as a running back like that's it's it's tough but like and he just seemed like a little like the the community guy you know he was all about the dog rescues and and all that I just I thought he was gonna be one of those guys who would take that hometown discount and just keep rocking with that team so it's it's very interesting maybe he does have a shot down there but it's it's like a running back is just a tough tough position to get into the nfl because they there's always somebody younger and cheaper and faster well, like they have like a 12 running game back. shelf life there <laughs> yeah like running backs like three four years is like what you got like yeah so it's it's interesting but you know 
maybe maybe he's he wants to get paid and 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 if that's the case there's going to be eight other teams that are going to be willing to pay him so it's interesting that maybe the maybe Winnipeg is is hoping that he's going to take that family or that that hometown discount instead of you know offering him what he deserves hey the argos might have uh room for a canadian running back um i'm just saying We'll see. Let, let's talk about the team that did beat uh, the Bombers in the Grey Cup. Sorry, Bomber fans, but they've made uh, a lot of extensions. Uh, look at that. We the Ones. Uh, we the pro- Ones. Property of the Alouettes flight deck. That is some great pod merch if I've ever seen one. Uh, it is. <laughs> Justin Lawrence has been extended. He played all 18 games at center for the Alouettes. Uh, Jeshrin Antwi has been extended. Uh, legend. When it comes to the uh, squibble kick or dribble kick, whatever it's called, <laughs> Alouette's kick, we should call it. Uh, Najee yep. Murray, Avery Ellis, and Regis Sabasu have been extended by the Alouettes. And Marcel Desjardins has been added as an assistant to the general manager uh, with the Alouettes as well. Red Blacks fans are <laughs> getting a bit uh, twitchy when they hey, do that. We name. got the... Oh, look at that. <laughs> now, I'm Marshall Desjardins. <laughs> now, Jeshrin Antwi, I guess, brings me to the topic of rule changes a little bit in the CFL. Now, the, the CFL winter meetings uh, did happen in January. Um, and Jason Moss was asked several times about... Uh, whether he he wants to fight for that, you know, dribble kick rule, and I, I I'm guessing it'll be discussed in March at the uh, at the at the rules meetings with uh, within the CFL. Um, but the CFL is also looking at maybe changing kickoffs, um, which is which is interesting. Now there's a couple things on the table that they'll talk about in March. One of them is to allow teams to that surrender a touchdown to take the ball on their own 40. So right now, you can take the ball on your 40-yard line if you give up a field goal. Now they're going to add that option to after giving up a touchdown. So really, most offenses would love to have that ball at the 40. So kickoffs would probably only happen at the beginning of the game, the beginning of a half, and during those final three minutes. I understand we want players to be healthy. We want to limit those 100-mile-an-hour car crashes like we did see in the West semifinal between the Lions and the Stamps. That was that was tough to watch. But I also want to hold on to the kicking aspect of uh, Canadian football because I still think that's what makes us the game special, Sheldon. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that uh, a kickoff return is so exciting, and you you don't want to be like the NFL where nine out of ten kicks are just you know watched go through the end zone and it's a touchback and 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 at least in the NFL, it's you're kind of penalized for that because you're starting at your twenty and you have a you have quite a field to go but in if they're going to let offenses start at the 40 that's that's tilting like like you said what coach is going to turn that down starting yeah. automatically at the 40 yard line so i'm hoping that they can 
maybe look towards some other things. Like, look at what they did in the XFL. I know a lot of people are going to, like, a lot of people mocked the XFL at first when they did the, <laughs> where the, when you had to run and get the ball oh, when it first came out there. That's the, the Vince XFL, right? Yeah, the Vince XFL. But this one, but this, they line, like, the, the two special team units line up five yards apart instead of running at each yeah. other at full speed, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then they can't they can't actually move until oh, okay. the the res, the returner actually catches the ball or fields the ball. Right. So at least that you still have blocking, and I, and I'm sure like a I'm sure a huge return is probably a lot less common when yeah. there's that many people all in their lanes there. But you still have that option. You still have like when you have a guy like Mario Alford, like y- you want to be able to let him cook. Right. Instead of just a couple times a game, you want him to be able to have have as many chances as he can. So uh, I, I'm interested to see what they go. I'm keeping an open mind, but I just I just don't want them to to take away anything exciting. But I am for player safety, so it's kind of a it's a it's a meh thing. We'll see what happens. The Edmonton Elks have struggled in uh, returning kicks to the house, so maybe they'll just say, eh, zero <laughs> returner strategy. They'll be like, eh, all right, don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, they have extended <laughs> uh, Brett Boyko, Swerve, Kyron Moore, Luchez Purifoy, released Ed Ganey, but interestingly, I thought this was a crazy trade. They, they traded defensive end... Jake Ceresna to the Argos for Curly Gittens Jr. I don't think it's very often we see straight across trades like this. Now, Curly Gittens had the year of his career playing with McLeod Bethel Thompson in 2022 in Toronto. A great year. Uh, His breakout year. So I guess reuniting... Uh, Curly and MBT is a good move. And then you have uh, Gino and MBT. I don't know. It looks like things are looking good for that Elks offense right now, but at the cost of Jake Ceresna. Like now that Argos D line with Falerin Arimalade, who's sticking around in Toronto, and Ceresna. <laughs> that is a. Uh, that's a problem. And maybe that does mean that the Argos are going to be losing Oakman and Hendricks possibly in this offseason. So uh, interesting times and a very interesting trade. What did you think about it? Uh, I was shocked because, like you said, that just doesn't usually happen in the CFL. Like, usually if if a player gets traded it's for like a neg list or it's for like a late draft pick but like when you have two players in the prime of their careers and they're getting traded one for one and it does legitimately help out both teams because yeah. like you said i think i think toronto is going to lose a few a few key pieces on their defense hopefully to a certain team uh but i think that they they're recognizing that and when you can get a guy like Jake Ceresna like as long as the referee is paying attention and so he doesn't get run over by him <laughs> Jake Ceresna is a great player um as we continue to talk about the Argos a little bit they they've restructured Royce Mechie um and they've extended DeVaris Daniels and Richie Sindani 
while releasing offensive lineman Darius Bladek. Now, I'm a fan of uh, this offensive lineman, and he I'm is home. too talented to not be playing and starting in the CFL. So, uh, I mean, that Argos O-line gave up the least sacks in 2023, so it was pretty tough to crack that lineup once he got hurt. So, yeah. we'll see where he ends up in 2024. I think he's going to be a pretty hot commodity on that offensive line. The, the Argos coaching staff has had to make a couple additions because the riders have finalized there. So we'll talk about that uh, after the Argos mentioning that uh, they've hired Demetrius Maxi as their defensive line coach and also Dominic Picard as uh, the running backs coach. A familiar name to Rider Nation. Uh, <laughs> won a great cup there in 2013 and I would say adds some nastiness uh, to the yeah. coaching staff because he was nasty on the field when he played. Mm -hmm. But the Riders finalized their coaching staff under first-year head coach Corey Mace and so many names that are familiar to CFL players, of course. Uh, receivers coach is going to be Marquay McDaniel, a former rival of the Calgary. Hey, Corey Mace was for that, for that as well. Uh, Edwin Harrison is going to be coaching the O-line. Uh, Josh Bell, pass game coordinator and D-backs coach. Philip Daniels coaching the D-line. J.C. Sherritt uh, coaching the linebackers and the run game coordinator. Uh, Jordan Lennon, the defensive assistant. And uh, Jeff Higgins as uh, assistant special teams coach. So uh, there's the Riders staff under Corey Mace going into this year. That I think that Josh Bell has a bright coaching future ahead of him, Sheldon. Yeah, and just the overall, uh, that's a bunch of winners. Like, winners as players, like... I, Honestly, when I when I was ho what I was hoping for the coaching staff, we pretty much got. Like I, I wanted them to keep uh, Roosevelt, but when you can get Mark A. McDaniel, I think he's he's a hell of a, and he's he's had some coaching experience already. So uh, I'm I'm very excited with this coaching staff and and yeah, Josh Bell. Like the Riders are going to have to find a way to keep him because it might just be like a, a season or two and then he's off to be the next DC of somewhere. Right. So, uh, but I'm, I'm very excited with this coaching staff. Now on the field uh, for players, the Riders have extended uh, several players, Frankie Hickson, the running back, Brett Lothar, the uh, kicker, Logan Furland on the offensive line. Uh, Charbel DeBeer on the uh, D-line. They've released Jake Winicky, touchdown Jake. And they've also... Hey, they, they've signed somebody should be familiar to you, Geronimo Allison, uh, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. Big receiver. Yeah. That's a big body to add to the receiving core. But they've also yeah. extended quarterback Mason Fine. Uh, does that mean... That Jake Dolagala is gonna get to free agency here, uh, Sheldon. Uh, I honestly don't know. I I don't know why if they were gonna if they were gonna choose one of the two to re-sign. I don't know why it's Mason Fine, uh, because 
Well, maybe they couldn't get a deal done with uh, Jake. So uh... yeah, maybe, maybe, but but again, like I'm not sure what you know, Corey Mace or Jeremy O'Day, looking back at film, could see that Mace and Fine is somebody that they want to keep going with. Like it's just he had his chances, he had his opportunities. He's his one thing that's always always going to be his his downfall is his height, and it's just it's hard to see over top of those D linemen and O linemen. And I just he hasn't done anything to make me want make me feel happy about a resigning. So I'm interested. I think Doyle Gala had more of an upside. So maybe maybe Jake thinks that too, and they lowballed him. Who knows? Because because Jeremy Day ha- has had a history of lowballing players before. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I was kind of hoping for some new blood in that backup, uh, in that QB2 position here. So we'll see what happens. Mason Fine, only 26 years old. And uh, I, I thought when he got into the starting lineup, took a lot of punishment. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the protection wasn't at his best when that's uh, fair. Mason yeah, that's was fair. in there. Um, he's still young, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I Sometimes I feel like we write off quarterbacks a little too quickly, but I, I yeah. did like the upside of Dolagala as well. I, I, I do find that uh, interesting, and he might be on the move here in the off season. So things have been pretty quiet in Tiger Town. Uh, Ed Hervey is now their GM. They've restructured with Bo Levi Mitchell, and one of their most dynamic playmakers last year. <laughs> was Tyreek McAllister. Well, he's inked an NFL deal, and he's going to be heading to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, they've got some other high-paid guys that are due some bonuses here. Uh, Jonathan Kongbo is due 15 k on February 1st. He's due more, I think, training camp, and then more when he gets onto the field for the first game. Uh, he's got a six-figure deal. Where does he fit? I, like Ed Hervey has already said that uh, Chris Edwards and uh, Duke Williams aren't going to be back, and I don't want to put Kongbo into that category. But he he got released from BC, and then there was a Twitter spat between him and uh, Keon Hatcher afterwards. <laughs> so I, I mean, Kongbo really hasn't done much in the CFL to command of that big contract. We'll see if he's still going to be in Hamilton come training camp. And also, Joel yeah. Figueroa was a big signing on that offensive line by the Thai Cats. He only got into five games last year, and he's due fifty k at the beginning of February. Is there going to be some changes on that Hamilton offensive line? They started to, you know, lock some guys up. Revenberg, Jordan Murray, uh, American offensive lineman. So well, the Ticats have some decisions to make. And one of their stars, I would say it would be weird to see him in any other jersey at this point. Simone Lawrence going to be yeah. a free agent in the middle of February, Sheldon. It seems like it. Uh, it does. I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, he's. I know he started his career at Edmonton, but like nobody yeah. remembers that. And yeah, like he's because Masoli did too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just like I don't know. He's he's the type of player that you love him or you hate him, 
but he's also the type of player that is good for the CFL because he keeps you talking. And uh, so hopefully somebody does sign him. Um, but Hamilton fans aren't going to like this, but you guys need to do a full reload rebuild. Like it's, they, they tried and they tried and they tried to get that gray cup, but it didn't work. And so I, I think not signing some of these players is the right move, but they need to get back to basics and they need to build a new core, I think. And I'm not sure if that's with Bo Levi or not. So it's good that he restructured, but I think it's going to be a couple a couple rough years in Hamilton until they can figure this out. We'll see where that leaves receiver Tim White as well, the mm-hmm. re- leading receiver for the Tabbies over the last couple of years. An explosive player, makes big plays. Is he going to be hitting free agency in the middle of next month? We've already mentioned Dalton Schoen, Brady Oliveira. AJ Olette, Matthew Betts, a couple names still out there, possible free agents in the CFL. So much to talk about over the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to talk about over the next couple of weeks as well. He's Sheldon Jones. I'm Travis Kerr as we check in with you on Two and Out uh, with this offseason check-in. Now, last, last episode, we did some trivia and I screwed up the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was good to know that people still listen to the show because <laughs> my DMs are blowing up. Travis, <laughs> Harold Ballard owned the Ticats and the Leafs. Um, <laughs> but if we all remember, Hamilton is Toronto. So technically... I was right. Full I circle. didn't screw up. Yep. It was intentional. Yep. Yep. I thought about I doing bi-weekly, it. you know, uh, trivia on the pod, but you could easily cheat. <laughs> yeah, very easily. You could mm-hmm. cheat so easy. But uh, maybe we'll we'll bring it back. Maybe you'll have to do like some really hard, obscure trivia to make it hard to even cheat uh, to do that. We need um, to end on a different note, though. What? Royal Rumble? Royal Rumble. Let's go. <laughs> Who, who's your pick? Okay, who's winning? Who's Okay. Uh, There's 30 I'm gonna people, give you my, so I, I would say you could pick two or three. I'm going to give you my, my, my final four in each match. How about wow. that? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the final four in the men's is going to be Punk, Cody, Gunter, I don't know the third. Probably McIntyre, maybe. Is Rocky going to be in the Rumble match or involved in the Fatal 4-Way? Uh, it depends. I, I think he's got to be coming out in the Fatal 4-Way at the end. Maybe. But I don't know. They they keep confusing me, and, and I thought I had everything. I thought I knew what was going to happen. Now I have no freaking idea. But But Punk is winning the Men's Rumble. And Bailey is winning the 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 women's rumble. I'm okay. I'm good. I, I'll say Punk and Becky. I just think I don't think Becky needs it. I, and I, I just... uh, um, we are recording this on the 40th anniversary of Hulkamania. Yeah, I say Hulk Hogan comes out and slams uh, Omos uh, <laughs> to relive. 
the glory days. It's in Florida. I mean, yeah, I know. Come <laughs> no heat. Hey, if if he come out to Voodoo Child and it's Hollywood Hogan, would you like that? Yes. <laughs> if he shows up as Hollywood Hulk Hogan, I'm fine with it. If he shows up as Hulkamania, no yeet. <laughs> yeah, the Royal Rumble happening this weekend. You know where our heads are at. Uh, I totally can't wait for that. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. You can like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube as well. We're nearing 200 subscribers on YouTube, which is uh, pretty cool. So if you want to see our pretty faces, get to YouTube and check it out there and you can support the show on Patreon as well. Are, are, are you look like you're trying to do a people's eyebrow or something? I can't know. <laughs> I was just going to say that we only need like 99,800 more of you to subscribe and then we can get a silver <laughs> clock. That's it. So let's, let's get that going. Let, let's get that going. A uh, hundred thousand more subscribers. Pretty please. The, to do it out on YouTube. <laughs> we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 